good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! All right, friends and neighbors, hello. Welcome to episode number 180 and 198 of the Best Linux Games podcast being recorded for you on this glorious Saturday, August 11th at uh, 2011 p.m. Pacific Coast time. That would make it for our sequel friends, uh, 2018, 08, 11, uh, 2011. So that would be like 8, 11 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Left coast, coast the most. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the drink more whiskey sign. Which I think is absolutely, you know, friends, this is your, hello friends, this is Hobart Lipschultz, your friendly neighborhood announcer. Ah, yes. You know, friends, try whiskey. Whiskey gives you all the fortification that growing life needs. Ivor, you're fired! You did not audit that copy, and now we are liable. We are liable for all of the carnage that we just caused. Um... To young minds everywhere, of all ages, hopefully of all ages, we want to get the broadest kind of disaster range possible. So hopefully from, you know, neonatal to from the cradle to the grave, to the post, post animate, (laughs) to the newly ex-animate, to all members of the coil. Mortal and otherwise. <laughs> I never understood why it was called the Mortal Coil. I should probably look that up. Um, I will later after I write the column for this week. So anyway, we have a we have a, a shorter show for you this week. But that's okay because I'm sure that everyone appreciates that I need to take a fucking vacation because I'm going to lose my fucking mind. So. <laughs> How was that? How was that for honesty? Right, Ivor? Oh, Ivor's fired. He's packing up his shit again. It's so sad to see him pack up every week. It's just crazy. Packs up every week and then he comes back every week. And he... I know, Ivor, this time I mean it. You're fired. You're, per- it's go- you're gone. You're gone. So anyway, our top stories this week. First off, the column this weekend and our feature this weekend 
will be on the same topic. They are both reviews of uh, Project Gorgon. Um, we vlogged 68 hours in the game. I feel like I am confident enough to actually give you a review, even though it is an early access and I don't like doing that. Um, I have a review of Project Gorgon as it stands now. And, uh, yeah, that'll be in the column later on this weekend, maybe tomorrow, Sunday, you know. Um, and that'll be our feature this week too, like, on the podcast here, like, what you're listening to now will be a feature of Project Gorgon. Also, in our top stories, on Steam, there is a product that is being sold to, um, oh, wait, I forgot to drink the whiskey. Oh, thank you, Ivor, for holding up the whiskey sign. Mm, one moment, please. Excuse me. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh yeah. That's the stuff. That's, that's the stuff that's the original raw station. Oh, you fucking Justice Department goons. Okay. So, next up in our top stories. Well, okay. Next up in our... We're going to reverse the rundown, Ivor, for the top stories. I know. I'm sorry. You, the listener, do not need to know that. But anyway... Right now, out here in Vegas, um, we have uh, Defcon and Black Hat. You know, blah. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Everyone's been asking me, why am I not at Defcon? Um, I mean, because it's, it's ba- they're basically... They kind of merged together, Defcon, Defcon and Black uh, and Black Hat. Excuse me, I'm having a problem talking. Um, Defcon runs. Uh, I think this year it ran through the ninth, or I mean, Black Hat ran through the ninth, and then Defcon uh, runs through to through till tomorrow. And I'm tired of people asking me if I'm going. I mean, every fucking year people ask me if I'm going. I've gone before. Um, but not with a pass, really. But anyway, and that was a long time ago. Um, that was like... Uh, uh, that was a long time ago. But uh, the reason I don't go anymore is that it's much better, and this is why I'm mentioning this in the top stories um, for this podcast... Uh, if you're into Linux, if you're into at all security conscious or whatever, uh, just like hacking a lot. I mean, like if you're a programmer or coder, any, any, you know, blah. The reason why I don't go to DEF CON and or Black Hat, although I would like to go again to just see some lockpicking uh, stuff and talk to some like, I wonder if Deviant Olam, actually shit, I kind of would have liked to gone if Deviant Olam was was there this year. But anyway, what I much prefer, if I don't require direct interaction with other people, it is so much better. I mean, please come to Vegas, by the way. Next year, come out to DEFCON and Black Hat. I mean, or vice versa. Or reverse order. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we, we love you and Vegas, you know, bring lots of money and, you know, we'll help you, uh, we'll help you deal with that money problem that you have. But the reason I don't go is I find it so much better every year. I find it so much better and easier and uh, more um, rewarding to actually go and watch the streams or like, you know, the videos or whatever of the talks as opposed to like the endless madness of the strip. And one of the biggest problems is since uh, DEFCON in particular has gotten so big, so big, like, it's like every fucking... It's, uh, don't, don't take this the wrong way. Because, like, I mean, we all have different interest levels, experience levels, and uh, different, you know, core competencies, areas of expertise, and etc. But I have to say, it is saturated to the fucking gills with posers. And so, and I don't, you know, I don't begrudge the posers, because, I mean, you fake it till you make it. Hopefully you're not an asshole up the chain along the way. But um, what this means for those of you who've never been to DefCon uh, or Black Hat, 
Um, what this means is that it is really, really, really difficult to get seats at any of the talks that you want to go to. Um, they are like generally like overflow, blah, and also this general kind of. I don't want to say pollution because that's a bad word. I mean, like, because, you know, like I said, you know, everyone was a noob once too. And I don't begrudge, you know, people. I, I think it's great that, you know, people who know absolutely nothing about anything are at DEF CON. I mean, I think that's great. Let them, let them have their minds be blown a little bit. And then maybe they'll go home and workshop it, woodshop it, as we used to say. We take it to the woodshed, um, take it to the bridge, drop it in the water. Uh, maybe they'll go back those those little ideas as their mind was blown from all the fucking synaptic uh, circuitry being fucking fried out of their heads and like why you can do and then you know their phone of course gets hacked but um they'll take those little light bulbs and they'll turn them into big ideas hopefully at home and then they'll come back next year and that's you know the idea of 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 a a uh, convention, um, well, eh, of a festival, actually. There's a difference between a convention and a festival. Linux Fest Northwest is a festival. You want to go meet, like, just like, fucking Linux people who are crazy? Go to Linux Fest Northwest. It's like, if a bomb fell in Bellingham, it would just, like, oh, it'd be a disaster. I'm going out there again this month, um, for a protracted stay. I'm, I'm thinking about moving to Bellingham, actually. Um, in the near term. Hopefully. But I gotta get out of Vegas. Anyway, the point is that all of these um, I don't want to I don't. It's it sucks to say that, you know, lesser people or like posers or like douchewads or like chaff or room meat or whatever the fuck you want to call them. I don't like saying that, but it's kind of true and it's kind of not true. These people take up a huge amount of space and they take up a huge amount of oxygen in terms of like DEFCON is not what it used to be, is what I'm trying to say. And it's much better, though, in my humble experience, and my humble opinion, to actually just check out YouTube videos of the talks. And if you can't get talks from DEFCON or whatever, then, well, then you're insane. I mean, fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hang on. Joe Baca is messaging me. Hi, Joe Baca. Joe Baca just went to college on a free ride. I'm super proud of him. I've known him since he was a little kid. He's a fucking. He's all grown up now. All grown up. He just got a free ride uh, track scholarship. He's a fucking amazing guy. Joe Baca is. But um, let's hang on. One moment. One moment. One moment. One moment. I should have done this earlier. Uh. Hmm. Yeah, you can get all the talks. I didn't. I, I. 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 didn't watch anything from last year, but um, it's like the same thing with like the chaos. I like the CCP better. The the chaos. Um. Oh God, what the fuck is it called? Uh. Hang on, it's the one that's it's always in Europe. Uh, hang on. Oh God, it's chaos communications. Chaos Communication Congress. I love watching those live streams after the like the show is over. The best part is actually going to like watch all of the videos that that were that were recorded um, on YouTube or whatever streaming platform that you like. You know, whatever video platform that you like. The pros and cons of this are very simple. One. Okay, so on the pro side, one of the pros is that you get the best seat in the house. One of the cons is that the microphone technology is not always up to snuff or the microphone technique of the presenter is not always up to snuff. One of the pros is that you don't have to fucking worry about which talk you're going to attend and struggle to attend it in competition with other tracks or whatever. Um, Another con is that you don't get to, you know, doing it this way, 
you don't get to fully avail yourself of the possible opportunity of intermingling with uh, some of the presenters or your fellow hackers, fellow Linux users, fellow lunatics, etc. But that's okay. Because the final pro is that it really makes it easy to to watch challenging, very challenging talks. Talks that are way outside of your um, your core competency, your experience. Uh, take way, you know, where you're way out of your league. It's so great to avail yourself of these kinds of resources. This is like why Jupiter Broadcasting is so amazing, or um, especially why TechSnap uh, during the Alan Jude and uh, I, I haven't I haven't seen TechSnap in a while, so I don't mean to impugn the new TechSnap people, but um, or if there is a new TechSnap, I haven't checked out in a while. Um, it's been about like fucking six months. Oh Jesus! But um, it's an invaluable resource to to avail yourself avail yourself of this invaluable resource of being able to watch talks that are way out of your depth where like you have no fucking idea what it is they're talking about these little ideas they'll spark little ideas and you know an hour long talk every day maybe three you know maybe do one in the morning do one for lunch and then uh, you know sensible dinner um you can really learn, like you can just soak up a lot of ancillary information about where the state of technology is in general and stuff. Um, I I really really like uh, doing it that way. Um, of course, if I can't honestly say unless I was put on, unless I had been put on assignment that I would actually willingly go to DEF CON anymore. But Linux Fest Northwest is a different story altogether, LFNW. That, that's a festival. Blah, and it's kind of weird to have a, a convention for security and hacking and stuff like that. It's kind of weird. It's kind of, they, the two almost kind of, kind of run antithetical to each other. And I think we're starting to see that dissonance between those two values being placed kind of sandwiched together. Because like everyone... Then you have like the third element of like everyone thinks that they're a hacker and that they want to go to like hacking camp in Vegas. I don't know, I'm sure they're all getting laid more than I am. So, but anyway, the the thing is, there's a lot of it's not just pretension. It's just like a lot of um a lot of room meet, and it's very difficult to get to to all the talks that you want to go to, and it's almost just as rewarding to just fucking email the presenters and shit, I mean it sucks you know, it's always better to meet face to face and actually talk to someone but especially with stuff that you don't know anything about, that's my favorite thing about watching you know, the Chaos Communication Congress the CCC um, things and, and you know DEF CON and, and you know blah blah Derby, Derby Con, you know Black Hat, etc, etc, etc so don't feel bad if you missed out on, uh, well, you still have till, till tomorrow, I guess, but, uh, you know, blah, um, DEF CON and Black Hat, De- DEF CON, uh, Black Hat, uh, ended on the 9th, and, uh, Black Hat ends, I think, tomorrow, this is August 11th, anyway, so that's just something to, really, I mean, these talks, some of them, I mean, many of them, are total gold, one of my favorite things to do is go to talks that I have absolutely no fucking idea what the fuck it is. I mean, I, I try not to get too far. I, like, I like to know kind of what the fuck the subject is, but like other than that, it's like I want to go far afield. I don't want to I don't want to go close. To, I, I don't want to Okay, so going back to my days as a pianist when I was um, in, when I was a music student, when I was a jazz composition major, a um, couple great maxims. You don't play your scales at Carnegie Hall, meaning you know you don't. You, there's a difference between practice and performance. So, and I think that's also true for IT, um, because like you know if you're going to do an interview. chances are that you're getting a callback because they know that, or they think that you might know, blah you know, they, they might know what 
that you might know what they need you to do or that you might know what they need to do. Um, so you don't practice your scales at Carnegie Hall. You actually bust out the code at Carnegie Hall. You bust out the performance. But by the same token, you sharpen your knives outside of Carnegie Hall. You practice your scales outside of Carnegie Hall. Because how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. And then um, finally, uh, about this um, about this rant. Uh, oh, shit. I forgot the other point that I was going to make. About, oh, fuck. The music analogy. Oh, well, whatever. So... That's all happening. I'll probably remember it in the middle of our feature this week. Finally, in our top stories, Net there's a game on Steam that is now available. It's called NetHack Legacy. It's like $5. And this game really pisses me off. And it pisses a lot of other people off, too. Um, I, I did read some of the um, review threads for NetHack Legacy. Because NetHack Legacy is like $5. I think it's like $6 without the 10% discount that's like going on now through like you know whenever it doesn't matter because you you don't want to buy this game and this game pisses me off and pisses off a lot of other people too which I was very pleased to see that the the reviews were so thoughtful even in their negativity positive or negative but mainly negative um they are very thoughtful and well put together in their negativity. It's a good thread to read. Um, about the fact that like NetHack has been free for all of my entire life. And it's been like the core game available for Linux forever. Like, I mean, as long as I've been alive. I mean, there was no Linux, you know, when I was born because I'm old as fuck. But 20 years ago when Linux was invented, when, you know, Linus Torvalds fucking kicked out the kernel um sorry I, <laughs> I just gagged myself on my cigarette that was horrible um he kicked out the kernel and you know Stallman when Stallman met Torvald when Stallman met Torvald oh it's a beautiful romance or as uh, Matt Hartley would say uh, peanut butter and uh uh chocolate you know bam they go together great um, NetHack was always there. NetHack was always free. And NetHack is great. Don't get me wrong. I played, I played myself a bunch of NetHack. Oh, boy. Not in a long time. But that was like, for a long time, that was the only thing I could do on my Linux box because I was dual booting. And this is back when computers were really, 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 really insanely expensive. Um, so I had no alternative but to dual boot. And I played a lot of NetHack. That was like how I learned the terminal, basically. I mean, for real. Like, fucking, you want to talk about the first memories of Bash are, like, fucking trying to install and fucking play NetHack um, in in a GUI, which was hilarious. <laughs> it was Mandrake. Mandrake Linux. Fucking 20 years ago. 1997. Oh, God. 21 years ago. Jesus, I'm getting old. We're getting old! So, people found this very offensive that there is a NetHack product it's not a product of the guys who made NetHack, but it's 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 like NetHack, but there's like a middleman now, and someone is selling NetHack Legacy, which is not new to the Linux community. We've seen this many times, but I've never brought it up on the show before. And it's really upsetting that a game that is free now is being simulated for $6, the low, low price of $6, via Steam, um, for people who, I mean, what, regardless of whether or not you can run Bash on your system, I don't, I don't even know if you can, Jesus, oh, I'm so out of touch with Windows now that it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's like, I have no idea how to help my mom with her computer, but, um, so I don't even know if, like, there's, a, I'm sure if there's a Bash shell available for, a you know, born-again shell available for, for Windows, maybe, I don't know, who knows, but they're simulating all of this with a simulated CRT monitor effect for the low, low price of $6 for a game that is free. Which is irritating. It's very irritating. NetHack has been around for 30 years. It relies on, it's always relied on, you know, it's 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 a um, core community of developers and uh, contributors to see it repackaged and painted up like a fucking you know, uh, I don't know, like 
some kind of fucking dockside whore in like Garrett, you know, like underage teenage makeup, like a fucking clown, you know, blah, like it, it's kind of disgusting. And yet it's also kind of appealing because I imagine that there are a bunch of people who have this is the flip side of this argument. I I know this whole show could have been just about NetHack Legacy and Defcon. But anyway, the the flip side of that argument and I'm on that side of the argument by the way. It's kind of where I I spent, you know, today thinking about it and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm basically on the the side of, you know, you can't just fucking repackage this with a CRT monitor effect. And then just fucking, you know, rape. You're. It's like it's like one guy. It's like the the guy who put that out is now raping everyone involved in that entire food chain. That includes the original developers of NetHack. That includes everyone who's ever played NetHack. That includes the people who wish to play NetHack. And that includes all Linux users. That's a lot of fucking. That's that's some very rapey behavior right there. Is what I'm trying to say. And I think that my buddy NZNB. Uh, would agree with me because uh, it's a difficult argument but there is a flip side to that argument because there, part of this show Best Linux Games Podcast um, and our live stream www.twitch.tv slash skookiesprite S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E um, is actually helping other people to see why you know other people quote unquote other people meaning Windows users, or even worse, Mac users. I mean, I'm I'm not judging you. I'm just, just I'm just saying, like you know, you should probably maybe buy a real computer um one day. Or I don't know. Hey, whatever floats your boat. I I I'm not into. I'm not trying to start a holy war here. Although it seems like I'm kind of trying to start a holy war here. All of a sudden, anyway. The flip side of that argument, though, is that there are several generations of people who have never, ever, ever even heard of NetHack who don't even know what Linux is or maybe if they do know what Linux is, what they know that, I mean, I'm talking about very younger people, like, you know, like 18 years old you know, whatever Um, first pubes, can't buy beer you know meat shields for war oh I'm sorry that was a really dark dark horrible thing to say actually I take that back but um and you know blah I you know Jesus thank you for your service if you are a veteran but you know when you're 18 like you know it's fuck I was 17 when I started using Linux and it was hard (laughs) it still is hard sometimes but anyway there's a whole several generations of people who have never what they do know of Linux is what they've read on um, really vicious, nasty threads um, where people have asked for Linux ports, discussion threads in terms of... I'm talking about exclusively in terms of, like, Linux gaming. I'm not talking about, like, going to Stack Overflow or, you know, whatever, or any place. But, like, this is, like, one of the things about this podcast and about the idea that Steam backed Linux um, for their operating system that, that, that is so crucially important there is an opportunity here for massive outreach, not to like um, Soho people, like not like small office, home office, or you know business people or whatever. You're not going to outreach to them. That's why I mean, if you're like me, you're you're a stringer, you're a consultant, you're a freelancer. Um, you know, it's a toolbox. You meet the the client's needs. Their their functionality is what you you know blah. But then you can strongly push towards Linux along the way if you know, Linux can do what it is that they want. But, um, more importantly, though, I think is the uh, function of Steam as an outreach kind of thing, you know, principally it's it's great because it's a market leverage kind of thing. Forces developers to think seriously, game developers to seriously think about porting to Linux. Um, but the flip side of that is actually the end audience. And so there are people who have been you know, in Windows all their life. And they have no idea what Linux is at all. And having a product like NetHack Legacy for those users is kind of cool. It does still also really, really piss me off. Um, I support any gateway drug to Linux, anything that we can do to, you know, 
get someone hooked on being more curious about Linux, in fact, is something that I support. Um, in fact, because that's really what that's what led me down the rabbit hole 20 fucking years ago. You know, just got really curious about what, what is this Linux thing? What is it? Free and open so what is what is what is open source software? What does free is in free is in freedom, not free as in beer mean? So anyway, hopefully maybe it can serve some sort of redeeming function. It's not good enough to, in my in my humble opinion, to of uh, to um remediate the damage the, you know, moral, esoteric, I guess, damage of those four offenses. You know, it's an offense to everyone who's played NetHack before. It's an offense to everyone who developed NetHack, who has contributed to NetHack. It's an offense to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's profiteering off of those things. But that seems to be the fucking pattern of the American way right now, which is just disgusting. Um, and disturbing. I mean, look at Facebook. Facebook wants your banking records. Did you see this story earlier this week? Anyway, so now we'll get to our feature, our review of Project Gorgon. So th- those are those are, those are our rants, and we'll be out of here in 15 minutes tops. Right, Ivor? That's code for saying that this show's gonna go on for seven more fucking hours, and we're never gonna make it out of here alive. Base them with it, buddy! Oh, my God. It's the Libyans! The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! So, for those of you who haven't been watching the live stream lately, I've been playing a lot of two games. Project Gorgon, which is the subject of this review, and uh, uh, Pro, uh, 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 Pinball Arcade. Chances are, if you jump on the live stream at any time from, you know, it's like, uh, what, it's 2041 right now, uh, Pacific Coast time. Um, if you jump on the live stream any time before, like, 5 o'clock this morning, you will see me playing one of those two games. But, one of my favorite things, uh, we're here to, to give you a review of Project Gorgon. So, what are the great things about Project Gorgon? One, it checks off a huge fucking list item in terms of our this shows continuously running we need a workalike or an actual port of this game to make Linux a more legitimate uh, gaming platform and in this case it's Skyrim Online you know Elder Scrolls Online um, but I would also say that Project Gorgon which is a massively multi- massive MMORPG Massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Project Gorgon is a third-person MMORPG that's really hard um, with just enough eye candy to make it appealing to almost anyone. I mean, it's very pretty. It looks as pretty as Oblivion. uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion used to look. Um, And I think that Project Gorgon is actually a much better game than any of the Elder Scrolls since Morrowind. Uh, Morrowind was my favorite because there was no level cap, and so you could make insane potions and get crazy powerful, and there's nothing there's nothing to compare to that first time that you create, I can't remember the names of the potions, but where you really create like a super fucking anti-gravity potion where you can jump once and fly across the level, and then you're at the apex of the jump. I mean, the whole level, the whole map, the whole fucking map, you're like going like you jump once and you're in the stratosphere and you're hurtling in the direction that you're going, you have no air control and at the apex of your flight as you're like cross-continental you know, 300 miles away you realize that, oh wait I'm going to land and that will probably kill me which necessitates the development of, an, of another potion, of a featherlight potion or whatever the fuck, so that when you land, you don't just explode yourself into a pile of guts and shattered bones. That was amazing. Project Gorgon is that kind of game. It's that kind of more windish game, but it's an MMORPG, so there are other players, and so you can team, and uh, you can team up with, and uh, ask people stuff and interact with other players on a continuous basis, which is fantastic. But the best thing about Project Gorgon for me 
is probably none of these things. It's... I explained this to a viewer on the Twitch stream earlier today when I woke up. All role... He asked me... He is a Windows user, but he asked me, you know, what's this game? How good is... You know, what what's so great about this game? Like, well, you should listen to the podcast tonight, but I did tell him that ultimately, after, you know, 30 years of fucking RPGs in my life, um... I've learned that all role-playing games essentially, ultimately, even the best ones, boil down to basically being fetch quests. Now, Skyrim does this in a horrifically tacky, tawdry, overt, uh, uh, not overt, um, really tacky way where, like, they just expose, like, they don't even try to conceal the fact that it's a fetch quest. But that's really, ultimately, everything that happens in every great role-playing game. I mean, if you're not fetching an item and bringing it back, then you are, at the very end, ultimately, you're trying to defeat Ultimate Evil. Like, that's Final Fantasy, you know, Sephiroth, all that shit. You're trying to defeat Ultimate Evil and bring back justice to your land. So that's a fetch quest in of itself. It's a meta-fetch quest. It's, you know, pervasive throughout all role-playing games. And if it's not that, then, you know, if it's not getting an item, bringing it back, if it's not killing someone and bringing it back, it's doing that with many steps in between. And the many steps in between don't necessarily make its concealment of the base fact that you're in a fetch quest more artful. Sometimes it can actually just make it more tedious. Um, The great thing about Project Gorgon, though, is the fantastic dialogue, amazing characters, the NPCs, um, and the insane story, the absurd depth of uh, skills, abilities, and um, items, and then the intricacies of the dialogue and stuff, where like you can be used for weird purposes that you're not really necessarily aware of. Like things, it's not that like things have consequences. Oh shit! What's going on? Dust storm warning. Till 9.15pm. Remember, pull aside, stay alive. Dude, I was in a dust storm about 10 years ago that I thought we were going to die. I was on the freeway. I thought, I seriously thought we were going to die. You couldn't see anything. It was super scary. But anyway, sorry about that. My When I hear like the Amber Alerts, I check it out. Okay, so Great Genius of Project Gorgon is... how involved you become in overcoming the difficult I mean it's a very difficult MMORPG I've never played EverQuest I've never played EverQuest 2 Um, you know what I did play EverQuest for a little bit my ex-girlfriend right now is playing EverQuest 2 Um, Project Gorgon is a lot like those but with the sensibility of Fallout 2 in terms of the sparkling uh, polish, humor, sadness, tragedy, triumph, anger, um, emotional aspects of the dialogue that will send you off onto doing whatever it is the fuck that you want to do. You can ignore anything. You know, you don't have to talk to anybody. You can just go kill pigs for the rest of your life. I mean, you're not going to get very good at the game. I mean, you're not going to like learn any skills or blah. Because one of the core components of the game is that you curry favor with merchants. And merchants double as but being merchants. Some of them also double as offering you storage. Some of them also do further duty as trainers. So like if you want to learn fire magic or archery or whatever or you want more storage from some particular NPC or you want better prices or you want them to have more money so you can sell them more shit um it you have to curry favor with them which means either doing tasks for them which are like direct quests like and they can be as simple as fetch something or they can be as complex as like a multi fucking multi-part complicated as fuck we don't know where it is on the map we don't know what the fuck it is we don't know you know blah and you have to get to the bottom of it um big umbrella kind of quests that like have many 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 steps to them 
uh, and are very, 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 very difficult at the end. Um, like, you know, oh, we have to kill, like, Dagon Mort, or you have to kill, like, the boss, you know, whatever the fuck, in this dungeon or whatever. You have to find the sewers inside the crypt, and you don't even know where the crypt is, um, which is great. And But they don't just tell you, go to the crypt and find the, you know, stupid object. They're like, oh, well, no, you see, I was, you know, it was before my wife died, and I was just so distraught that I tore up the pages of my novel, and I... I I gave, I was drinking a lot and I fucked her sister on her deathbed and I tore up all the pages and I gave them to lots of people and I really need to put this behind me, I need to gather those pages back and one of the pages one of, one of the sections of pages, one of the chapters is in this spider you know, cave where I I, end, I woke up one day when I was totally blackout drunk and I woke up there and there were so many spiders and I threw, giant spiders and I threw the pages and I ran away and I I, I need you to go get them only it's better. It's way better than that. It's great. If you get in if you get sucked into text, it is fantastic. And the text is tight and punchy and short. It's not like a fucking, you know, reading festival, which is great. The other nice thing about Project Gorgon is there are no it doesn't have a caste-based or class-based system. You get to create your own class. There are only three races. There are like these cat people, then there are the elves. I'm an elf. Um, and elves are interesting in this game because they are absolute fuck machine slut monsters. They want to fuck everything all the time. All they think about is fucking and they fuck and they fuck a lot. They'll fuck anything. They will fuck they'll they'll fuck a drawer. They'll fuck a desk drawer. Like, they will look at a desk drawer and, like, unlike normal people who, like, ah, I could put things in there. Like, I need to fuck that. I'm a female elf. Um, (laughs) And the humans are the humans. And then there are these cat people who are, used to be 300 years before the game began, like, bloodthirsty uh, killing machines. And now they've learned language and stuff. And, you know, blah. I am almost 70 hours into this game. This game is still really hard. It does not impede me in any way. It took me four hours to learn how to feed myself in this game. Because everything is a skill. Death itself is a skill in this game. Um, And then there are... So you get to create your own... You don't have to, like... There's no name for it. It's just whoever it is that you happen to become. Whatever skills... It uses a Skyrim-like... Um, the more you use it, or, you know, Elder Scrolls like, the more you use it, the better you get at it, kind of system. Um, it's like the more you use fire magic, the higher level fire magic gets. Or, or fishing, or swords, or a- autopsy for, you know, uh, uh, non-unguent, um, I can't remember what the... F- Pig autopsies are, like, a separate skill. From like bug autopsies, from human autopsies, from elf opto- uh, autopsies, from you know, blah blah, it goes on and on and on and on. Everything has a skill, but the weapon and combat skills, and also the psychology skills, and the uh, the favor that you cur- oh yeah, so there are three ways to curry favor with uh, with uh, merchants and trainers because sometimes they won't teach you anything unless you're you know friends or best friends with them. So you give them gifts after you've exhausted all of their quests all, after all their favor quests you know, it's like do a favor you can find out what they like to get by, you know, small doing small talk with them and then you can give them gifts of the things that they like and that'll increase your favor with them uh, until you get to like the necessary level but then you also need to have both the money to buy the training that you want from them and also you need to have the skill level you know, prerequisite to get the training so it gets fucking nuts and the game was obviously written by fucking crazy people cause like death itself is a skill that's, that's, that's just kind of bizarre death itself is a skill um, like if you die in a new way that you've never died before uh, my most recent one I think was uh, being incinerated mm. you get points in the death skill area but one of my favorite things is along with this freewheeling freeform um, 
casteless, uh, classless uh, character system and combat system and progression system is that, so not only do you just become a hybrid of whatever it is that you really like to do, you can only, okay, I'm not going to go into the details of, like, the combat system and, like, equipping. It's all in real time, but it does have a turn-based flavor to it, but it's all in real time, all in very pretty 3D. But the best thing about all of this is that you become, over time, kind of who you want to be and it's very very difficult but the difficulty in this case is worth the ride um, if that makes any sense I'm not I'm not stoned and I'm not drunk enough I guess I'm just too sober to express this a- adequately enough but unlike in Skyrim where or like you know Elder Scrolls games or other RPGs that you might have played you have like a prescribed destiny or whatever and like you know you can decide on kind of what cast you want to be or what class you want to be and lots of decisions with like weapon specialities and shit or like if you want to be a bard it or a wizard it's going to be a big fucking hassle although Skyrim was pretty good at mitigating that by allowing you to combine many different um, elements until you just maxed out every level for everything I hate Skyrim I really do not like that game this game, however, gives you like this open-ended universe. You can learn how to train rats. You can um, and, and the whole time this over the overarching plot is discovering who the fuck you are, which is always a great, cheap way out of uh, having to design something more um, pernicious or uh, what do you call it? Um, not button cornering, like shoehorning. I don't know, like, you don't want to... Anyway. So, ultimately, what you're... What what comes out of this game is this free-roaming sandbox calamity in which you will die so many times, so many different ways. You will forge alliances with so many different people, so many other players. You will see so many amazing things. You will see people who can transform themselves into giant spiders, and their actual player characters. They'll be in town. You can join a band. You can play fucking music at the well or wherever the fuck it is. You can play music to your potatoes as they grow or whatever plant it is, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can buy a store in the mall. There's a mall of loathing. I mean, a mall of uh, Project Gorgon. It's a player-owned mall. It's like all the players can set up shops there and they can sell shit. So if you need a quest item, you can generally kind of go there and maybe hope that it's not too outrageously expensive. Or if you need a book, or you need a thing there, whatever. Or you need some crafting materials, or you need some food materials because you need, uh, you're missing an ingredient for a recipe. Um, blah, 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 blah. You will starve, you will die, you will be killed by creatures great, small, and enormous. Um, and you will have a spectacular adventure. A very, very spectacularly addictive adventure. You can learn interpretive dance. You can learn fucking... You can learn the flute. You can learn the fucking uh, trombone. You can learn the lute. You can learn the mandolin. You can learn the... You can learn... um, You can learn how to make cheese. You can learn how to cook. You can learn alchemy. You can learn fire magic. You can learn teleportation magic. You can learn how to become a surveyor for precious gems and minerals and other things in various areas of the game world. You can, um... You can become a great swordsman. You can become a great archer. You can become a great, uh combat, uh, what's, what are they called? Combat chemistry where you splash chemicals on people. You know, it's a, kind of a cross between alchemy and sword, swordsmanship and archery and blah. Um, but all of these things are independent things. Like, it's just what you want to do. You can become a carpenter. Um, you can become a great archer. If you want to become a great archer, you're going to need carpentry because you have to make your arrows. And that's a big pain in the ass. And it's a big... It's 60, 70 hours in. I'm still wrestling with some of these issues. Um, But overall, 
even though it, and I try not to ever review games that are in early access, but this is a review. It's a full fucking review, bitches. Overall, Project Gorgon, from the fact that it's cross-platform compatible, meaning you can play it with all your friends, and it's just one server, and it's this one giant universe world, with all of this complexity inside of it, in terms of, like, the stories, and what it is, what, what am I doing, what am I trying to level up, what am I trying to get, am I trying to get gold, am I trying to, you know, am I trying to get councils, that's the currency, um, for the hegemony, um, or am I trying to get, trying to curry favor with this one merchant so I can get more storage or learn a new uh, level of, you know, like fire magic or, you know, whatever? Or am I trying to, you know, get them to sell me a quest item that I need for someplace else? Um, or am I just trying to advance the story? Or am I trying to just learn more about how to transform myself into a pig and untransform myself into a pig or a deer or a spider or a giant fucking bat or training other animals like nightmare phase animals nightmare world animals like anyway and do I want them to be my friends do I want to breed them do I want to actually put them in pens and breed them or am I just hunting pigs hunting pigs and deer am I an alchemist am I I'm, I'm everything and so it's like this endless buffet of, I mean, it's really endless of shit to do, and then you can interact with other people, and it's like, oh, well, let's, you know, it's as simple as clicking on someone, and then, you know, this big menu comes up, it says, there's like three items on it, it's like, trade, ask to join hunting party, um, and friend, and so, like, if you friend them, and they accept your friend request, like, every time they jump on, it'll say in chat, like, you know, your friend blah 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 has jumped online, or your friend blah 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 has gone offline, if you guys form a hunting party, it's fantastic. You could just like run around and you know, blah. You meet people in the strangest places. You can be trapped in the sewers inside of a crypt and you'll meet people and you'll be like, hey, buddy, what's up? Or like, I'm I, that, that's like one of the first most basic quests, but I didn't discover it until fucking 30 hours in. But, um, I'm trying not to talk too much about the actual story or the missions themselves or the things to do or the, you know what I mean? I don't want to spoil anything for you. But I was in a particularly deadly place for me, my character at my level, and I I, I, there was another guy there who was like a cow who was actually using that place to farm cheese. He was making cheese in these crates and uh, farming other shit, but he was a cow. And (laughs) like, dude, how the fuck do we get through here? He's like, you know, it's been so long. I just really, I, I just, you know, farm my cheese here and stuff. But generally, my advice would be just run. Um, and it's amazing. It's so cool. And then, like, when you get buffs from music, performance, art, from both performing it, creating it, and viewing it. Um, so, like, when you play whatever instrument that you, like, learn to play... And you're trying to figure out, like the, cause like you'll you'll have eventually like sixty quests in your note in your journal or whatever, and you're trying to figure out which ones you want to make active and which ones you want to deactivate. Well, you just fucking stand there by the well or where it depends on where you are. If you're growing shit, people play music to their crops because crops grow better when there's music around them. So it's like you have these huge bands that are like playing music in these fucking crop fields. It's amazing. Like literally like five people. And there's all these variations of all the themes that you can play. It's all the same tune. Once you listen to it, it'll drive you mad. Um, it's pretty good. Um dun 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 So then like as you're reorganizing your know, your fucking quests and shit, you just bust out your loot, and you switch, you know, you can't switch in combat, but you switch, you know, your primary thing to your loot, your I'm gonna play music, or you're gonna dance, or whatever, and then you you press the buttons, and you just press it, and let it, and then you join in, and you can hear yourself, and everyone else can hear you join in, um, and it's, it's, it's really neat, and people are dancing all around, and, like, there are guys who look like fucking gigantic bat boys like literally humongous bats like bats the size of like buses like VW buses whose 
wings drag along the ground when they're not flying. And those are other NPC. Those are other player characters. Um, and they'll start dancing and they'll like fly up someplace and they'll start dancing. And then someone sets off fireworks. And it's like, my God, this game is amazing. Um, and then there are other parts that are not so amazing. Like, I mean, the game is not beautiful throughout. Um, but it is hum- what it makes, what it lacks in overall beauty and more than makes up for in not just overall play mechanics, but overall size. It is a huge game world. Um, the only major caveat, so yes, right now in early access, Project Gorgon, which is 40 bucks, it's $39.99. Right now, without any sale or anything, Project Gorgon in early access wins Best Link Games podcast, highest honor that we can bestow, it is worth full price all day, every day, any day. There's one caveat to this. The rumor is that when it goes out of early access, they will wipe everyone's characters. Meaning that you will have to start from zero again. At 67 hours into this game, I am... I was disheartened to hear that. But I can't imagine that there's a more fair way of doing it. But it's going to be a while, I imagine until it's out of early access, because these guys develop the shit out of this game. They're still churning out stuff constantly. But it's very stable. It runs great on Linux. Um, and it is, it's like the best thing. If, if like, all you wanted is Skyrim on Linux, this is as close as you're going to get for now. So, that'll do us for this week. That is Project Gorgon. Our, wins our highest award. Worth full price all price, anytime, day, night, weekend, or otherwise, even in early access. And the reason why we, the reason why I decided to do this, it, to do this review, even though it still is in early access, and that is, it's actually against our policy, is that it seems like there might be, you know, somewhere between three to maybe nine months before Project Gorgon um, goes out of early access at the earliest. I mean, who knows? They know. Maybe. They don't know. They actually don't know, because they're just still kicking out more parts of the game. Um, it is very much worth playing right now in this... It's worth buying and playing right now in this early access incarnation. It is extremely solid. They have special events all the time. Um, the player community is really fun, friendly, uh, spunky, like jizz you know, in your hair, like Spunky Brewster, you know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. But anyway, Project Gorgon is excellent. And I'm hopelessly addicted to it. Once once you let it get under your skin, it will fucking control your mind. So that'll do us for this week. Please be sure to check out our Twitch stream, www.twitch.tv slash skookiesprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Find me on Steam. Friend me on Steam. Same name, Scooby Sprite. Uh, we can play some Project Gorgon together. Uh, but check, check, we'll be live streaming some of it, I'm sure, later tonight once I get really stoned after I do some pinball. And uh, I will see you next week. Uh, the, that's a wrap. Ivor, you're fired! Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go, yada yada yo, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada e. Four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. 
It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.